foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. Says Podcast, where movement geek Danny Hammett, that's me, joins biomechanist Katie Bowman, author of Move Your DNA, for discussions on body mechanics, movement nutrition, natural movement, and how movement can be the solution to modern ailments we all experience. That was beautiful. Thank you. Did you just write that? Did you just write that? I just, that's (laughs) off the top of my head. That's amazing. I know. I know. I'm at the top of my class in improv. (laughs) And I am not, because I don't even have anything funny to say there. (laughs) But I can talk about junk food movement, which is kind of half of what we're going to talk about today. We have kind of a doubleheader. We've got junk food movement slash nutritious movement. And these are not topics that we're broaching for the first time. We've probably talked about them many times. There are We've dipped our toes in this water before on this show. Yes. Yes. But I think that you can't clarify too much. My editor, Penelope, she has a really great metaphor, of course she does, because she's an editor, about getting an idea. She uses this metaphor relative to when we're working on a book, the editing process. You're taking really tangled hair and you're slowly combing out the tangles. So, you know, you start with one section of the hair and you get that smooth, but then you move up to the next section or maybe you move over or whatever it is. So I feel like because this is a brand new idea, this idea of nutritious movement, the idea that movement is like nutrients, that there are doses and all this stuff is this like huge nebulous head of tangled, not quite dreads, but close. Some serious nasty hair going on. Nasty. <laughs> nasty, not nasty. Nasty, nasty. Nasty, nasty. <laughs> so like we've been, we've been slowly trying to brush it out. So I would say that this is just another, this is to remove another tangle. This is like a clarifying 
episode. Would you agree? Yeah, that's a good analogy. Way to go, Penelope. I know. I didn't. Yeah. I see. Once again, well, it's not me. You can't at all. just comb through it. You'll, you'll break the hair. So you kind of have to gently untangle it. And there's a lot of patience involved in explaining stuff like this, which you're good at. Yeah. And it's also not, I don't think the explaining is the tangle. I think sometimes working out what is clear in my head and putting it into words isn't easy because it's not like the idea comes in perfectly formed sentences. It's in a chart. It's in a graph. It's a mathematical understanding. And so to have to say it casually on a podcast is challenging. It's challenging for me just to go, oh, well, that's not really the right. And I'm not a wordsmith, as everyone who listens to this show knows. So it's been a long many years, right? The blog is slowly untangling it. These podcasts are every book slowly untangles it more. So junk food movement, nutritious movement. Here we go. Let's do it. And if you need some background, you can listen to, we did a, an episode called Is Exercise Junk Food? Um, we just did a cycling episode, which was awesome. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That was a great show. I list, I actually listened to that show and was laughing, like laughing at your jokes, even though I had already heard them. I'm like, this is hilarious. I should totally listen to this show. Yeah, you're pretty great. Oh, well, thank saying. you. So are you. So are you. And we did a show on natural movement way back when, in the very beginning. So if you need a That's background or some follow-up questions. But let's just do some more untangling. Let's talk junk food movement. What is it? Okay, so I defined it in the cycling show, but I have a less tangled, I think, more refined definition. So junk food, I always, I'm going to go back to junk food. This is not movement. This is just, you know, what was in many people's Halloween bags, I guess, like what was available abundantly in October. So junk food is a food that provides some nutrients while at the same time inputting other compounds, so like a chemical compound in this case, that is suppressing or inhibiting or taxing your physiology in some way. So it's it has some stuff of value, but packaged with that thing of value are things that kind of work against you, which is different than just not having nutrition. Like it's not that you are missing some nutrients, but that it's actually packaged with something that could be said to be harmful, you know, in in abundance or with frequency. So that is, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to talk about Snickers again. Snickers is the thing. We've officially lost oh my, all sponsorship oh from Snickers for the show. Do they call you? They're no. like, I'm sorry, we are no longer funding you. But, but I just have a personal favor to ask of you. I have okay. I've sat quietly for a year and a half now while Snickers has been your example of junk food. And that's like my favorite candy bar. Could you pick on something oh. nobody likes, like an Idaho Spud or Chunky or something that like nobody's ever going to eat? <laughs> I'm trying to like be well. I am or, not well versed. I know Snickers because my husband loves Snickers. It satisfies, loves, man. I'm going to say well, it. Well, I mean, clearly. Fourth down, coach. What do we do? I'll tell you what we do. I want you to go on the field. Look for anything with an O. Let's kill them. With kindness. Jimmy. I want you to make balloon animals. Tyler, make little tea cozy, something fun. Are you okay? <laughs> we will win this for Mother Russia! Coach, eat a Snickers. Why is that you? You get a little loopy when you're hungry. Better. Better. Now let's go for it! You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. <laughs> Clearly. And as what I think, uh, what, like, my son was like, hey, that 
candy bar, this candy bar is better for us because it has more protein. And I said, oh, yeah? He's like, look, there's nuts in it. And I was like, wow. And he hasn't even marketed to. That is the logical yep. conclusion. So clearly. I think they actually put like the grams of po- protein now on the front. Of course. So, yes. That's right. 1.5 grams of protein. Yeah. Can we pick on Clark bars? I don't know. I, you know, I was trying to think like, what's the crappiest, like, like taffy? Like just something like. Yeah. Yeah. Or- I mean, what's what, like, is, is, is Snickers hanging their hat on the peanuts? Like, is it just like there's... I think so, yeah. Four peanuts. Pretty soon there's just going to be marsupon peanuts and no one's going to know. It's like, we were unable to actually... We didn't want to pay for peanuts, so we just got corn oil and pressed it together to make peanut shapes. <laughs> okay, so uh, any... Okay, so... Uh, well, crap. I have like... This whole show hinges okay. on the Snickers data. I'm going to just give you a pass this time. Okay. Just because we're How do we friends. call it the hoobity doobity? It's the hoobity doobity bar. <laughs> The hoobity doobity bar. But yes, I apologize. I didn't mean to be attacking your No, no. You know, I just, like treat. I said, I've, I've sat here and it's uh, I've silently hurt. And now <laughs> I just, you know, just leave this uh, Snickers you say something. What about red vines? Red oh vines my gosh. Are my- red vines are terrible. Yes, Okay, please. red vines are my uh, favorite junk food. Oh so there gosh, you go. well, I don't want to do that. Well, because they're also straws. They're functional. Excuse me. It's not. It's like actually saving plastic if you eat red vines, I'm pretty sure. That's true. So they're ecologically responsible. Okay. Just go ahead and use Snickers, but I just, everybody knows how I feel now about this. Well, I'm actually, like, red vines is really the crappiest of crap. Like, now it has all that. So either one, fill in your favorite junk food or your least favorite to make yourself feel better. Whatever you need to do, it's fine. So junk Junk movement or the or junk food movement, this equivalent is it's a mode of exercise. So in this case, I'm not talking about nutrients or particular like smaller joint angles. I'm actually talking about a mode of exercise. So a mode of exercise is running, walking, Zumba, ice skating, cross country skiing. All I can think of are the winter stuff, a swimming belly dancing, like anything that you're like, I'm going to go do this for X minutes. That's typically a mode of exercise. So that mode of exercise provides some mechanical nutrients, some fitness benefits, but at the same time is creating some other input that is suppressing or inhibiting your physiology in some way. Okay. The end. Hold on. I'm going to get a red vine. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I guess a key to this metaphor and this something you're super good at those metaphors is not seeing junk food as all bad. Correct. So I think the word junk is leading, you know, to be like, that's garbage. And it's like, well, a Snickers is not a pile of garbage. There are things that you can actually eat that are garbage that would have no nutrients. But I pulled up, and I apologize, Snickers was the only candy bar. I could do this for red vines, but I think Snickers is a little bit easier because of the peanuts. Thank you, Snickers. Mm -hmm. If I pull up... A nutritional data profile on Snickers, which I did, which is what I'm looking at right now. It lists, you know, you know that nutrition facts that's on every packaging. Right. It lists four grams of protein. It lists its fiber, five percent of your daily fiber. It lists the total fat that it has, and the sodium, and the cholesterol, and the carbohydrates. And it lists it has vitamin A. Did you know that there was vitamin A? In Snickers bar, and then it has 5% of your daily calcium and 2% of your daily iron. So we... You're preaching to the choir, sister. I, I know. <laughs> You're like, stop talking about my favorite protein bar. I know about the vitamin A. What do you think I eat them for? No, go ahead. Let's see. What's well, only 2%. So technically, if you want to be really healthy, you're going to have to eat 50 of them <laughs> to be healthy. So 
I think we have a selective way of profiling, we all do, a selective way of profiling something to make it fit into what we want to do. So we would look at a Snickers bar and you want to say like, you know, if you're like super into nutrition as a purist, you're like, and I said, hey, but it has, you know, this many calories. Calories are good, right? If you're starving, everyone needs calories. Energy is excellent. But you're like, yeah, but look at the quality of it and look at Look at with that fat, that 14 grams of fat, like we want fat, but comes with 29 sugars. So, mm-hmm. you know, so you start breaking it down to show not only what it has, but also what it doesn't. You could say, well, it doesn't have vitamin K and it doesn't have vitamin D. You can you can list what it doesn't have or you can selectively, if you're good at marketing, list what it does have, like four grams of protein with every bar. And so All I'm asking people to do here is to do the same for their movement, to not only list what it does have that is the good stuff, but also what it does have that's the not good stuff and also what it doesn't have. That if you are going to look at mechanical inputs to the body as something that we need, and I think that everyone could understand on the baseline that if you were to put your body in bed for 15 years... I mean, you wouldn't even have to be in bed for 15 years to be extremely ill. You have to be in bed for like a year. Mm-hmm. You know, that that there are, we understand these mechanical nutrients. We call them movements, but on a, on a more refined level, they're just, they're loads to the body. That with your exercise, I'm asking you to look at your exercise in the same way that you look at that nutrition facts. You know, go get, go to the cupboard, pull something out and look at it and see what it has, what it doesn't have, and be really... I, you know, you have to know more about what it has and what it doesn't have that's on this label, right? So that's the whole idea with whole foods. And then you start talking about organic foods. It's like, it's not going to list if it has any pesticides. You right. know, it doesn't list. It is by default listing what it has by you doing more research about where stuff is coming from. And then you begin to go, oh, well, there's also other things that are not on this nutrition facts that there is, you know, omissions. And so we're just trying to get a really big picture with our food about chemical compounds, chemical compounds, meaning the nutrients, the non-nutrient chemicals, and get a profile and compare that to what we need and then do the same for movement. Yeah. And that's an awesome exercise just to have that take on critical thinking. We take things at face value. We do look at the nutrition content and go, oh, great. It has, you know, this much vitamin A. But to have a more critical approach without becoming cynical is is really wise advice. Yeah. And, and also, you know, if we took all of the foods, you know, stuff that you knew from experience did not make you feel good when you ate a lot of. Like, you could say, I love Snickers. And then you could make an entire diet of Snickers. And you could skew your nutritional facts to show the total number of calories. Like, I had a friend in high school. And she... She was always on a diet. She was always on, like, she would let herself have, it was like an eating disorder, essentially, a 1,200 calories a day. And so she knew that she could manage her weight if she only ate 1,200 calories a day. But she figured that it could be, like, four Snickers bars. And that was what she ate. And she Good subsisted. Really? She subsisted on Aww. it, yes. But there's, there's, I mean, I can speak from experience of being in these weird food places where you've just got these outside numbers that you're trying to match and reconcile and you can make them reconcile depending on how selective you want to be like if someone says you need this much fat a day it's like great but you don't necessarily think of eggs and avocados and nuts you just look at well this mcdonald's you know meal has this many grams so i'm meeting the guidelines so i'm just saying that our 
our nutritional guidelines, which I imagine a lot of people listening to this show are already at this place where they get that, you know, the USDA nutritional guidelines or what's what's required by law to be on the packaging isn't the full representation of the chemical experience of eating the food, that there are things that are not on the list that through your own personal experience could be adjusting your physiology in some way for the better or for the worse. So I'm saying that your movement has the potential to do the same and that we think of all movement as good and healthy in the same way that someone without really any lick of food understanding would think of all food as good or healthy. But it's like, well, but we've known through experience and through science that it is not the case. And I think that the same thing is happening with movement that, and then someone's like, oh, I didn't know I was having this food sensitivity, or I didn't know that I have this particular, that I, I didn't even know that this nutrient was required. Vitamin K, what's that? I didn't know that I needed that. You know, that's not on my list that I got in general. I think it's just refining it through experience and people don't know automatically to look at their exercise programming to match it up with the experience, the physical experience that they're having because movement creates essentially the same chemical reaction or the, the it's not the same chemical, rea- it's the same process of putting mechanical loads into your body as it is food loads into your body. So even if you have something that seems like dietarily related, it's all just cellular processes that are being affected by what you put in. Food, movement, thoughts, air quality, all, all those all those things, you know, would have um, mm-hmm. an impact. I'm so glad you share your work with us. Thank you. It's, it's awesome. I would give up Snickers for you. You know that. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, I was like, what do I give her in return? A I Snickers? I, don't I would. Know. I would give up Snickers for you. Okay. Speaking of exercise, let's do some movement break. Yeah, y'all. I was thinking this is what we could do for our movement break today. It's like a regular old quad stretch. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand straight up with your hands straight down by your side, and I'm going to have you, but I don't want you to do it yet. Bring your left foot your it's not really your foot that you're going to bring up it's you know it's where you would hold your your calf the lowest part of your calf right above your ankle like real low there where you would hold it if you were doing a quad stretch but what i want you to do today is pay attention to what you have to do to your body in order to get into the quad stretch so there's a few different things one is bringing your knee out in front of you another one is bringing your leg out to the side so that your knee actually abducts, abducts, spreads away from the other leg. Maybe you lean your torso to one side to be able to get it. Or maybe you bring it up with speed. You kick it up. Fling. (laughs) So all of those things that you're doing are ways to shorten the distance between your hand, except for flinging. Flinging is using momentum to kick it up beyond the tension that's preventing it from coming up. So those other geometrical, anytime you're changing your position, you are trying to shorten the distance between your hand and your ankle because you don't actually have enough range of motion to get there. And so there's a lot of discussion and debate on this idea of stretch and stretching. So many of us, imagine all 117 people who listen to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) could be doing this right now and we and some would be feeling no stretch to do this exercise and some would be would be getting tremendous stretch and the amount of stretch that you are experiencing would be equal to how much you had to move out of 
this initial positioning in order to reach your foot, that that's how much elastic tension is on your particular muscles. And so a stretch is not the process of a muscle getting longer as much as it is the process of a muscle getting longer and you are invoking its elastic properties. So that's just kind of just a, I mean, we could do a whole show on that, but it's essentially long story short, it would be that just because you're calling something a stretch doesn't automatically make it a stretch. What makes something a stretch is how adapted your body is to not doing that motion before you do the exercise. Long story short. Yeah, I know. That's a total joke. Awesome. <laughs> now, that would actually be a long story short. Thank you once again for hey. modeling. Okay. Well, okay. thank you for that. So we're done moving. Yeah, do the other side okay. and, and then listen to us talk while you do the other side. Excellent. All right. I think back in the cycling episode where you said that there's another category, it's not all junk, not all healthy, but like food, there's minimally processed, like convenience foods that are healthier than junk, even if they're not as healthy as a whole food. Right. And this is a podcast. We're trying to teach these ideas through easy examples. So we had junk food, which are red vines only, nothing else, just red vines. And then we have healthy food, which is, you know, kale and nothing yeah. else. So it, but really... There are different levels, different modes of exercise, modes that would have, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of like what's like a, like a, like a, a really good, like if I go into the health food store and go into the bar section, so I'm not in the candy bar section, I'm what? I'm in the healthy, what do they call those healthy bars? Like we used to call them protein bars, but uh, they're not all protein yeah, bars. I don't like, know. Um, they aren't protein bars anymore, are they? No, they're, but they're just... They're convenience foods. Mm-hmm. They're they are, and there's all different macro and micro. Yeah, sometimes they call them meal bars. I think. Yeah, that's what but, they are. They yeah. are meal replacement bars. I yeah. call them convenience bars, but they are essentially blending different foods together and putting it in a wrapper so that you can put it in your purse. So it's it's almost like a meal, but it's not. It's a meal replacement. So they're usually. You know, they're more calorically dense. The fiber has been eliminated. So they're convenient, not only in that they can be in your bag, but also in that you don't have to do all that abdominal work, you know, to (laughs) to process all the fiber. Only it turns out that that's actually necessary. And so I, I think that that's probably a better way to think of your exercise is as meal replacement bars, because there are very few truly junk food movements that most modes of exercise are probably going to be more the equivalent to meal replacement bars of varying qualities you know like there are there are some meal replacement bars which are very similar to candy bars and then there are meal replacement bars which are much more similar to whole foods that have just been mashed up you know they still have to be in the refrigerator they're still considered live foods they don't have any preservatives right so mm-hmm. I'm I'm not only talking about micro or macronutrients. Now that I'm talking, I'm talking about all those ingredients that are listed, you know, and so many preservatives, you know, can be low-grade antibiotics, I found out through working with my people who create bars and stuff. It's like, wow, okay. But really? it's not yeah. I was Whoa. shocked. So there are these like meal replacement bar food. Like, is your workout a meal replacement bar? I would say that most people could go, yeah, I guess, because I don't have time to move all day. I don't have time to grow and 
cook fresh food, so I buy convenience foods. But I try to buy the convenience food of the best quality. But you probably don't make your entire diet out of it. Or maybe you do, but maybe you understand that if you could slowly convert your convenience food even if it's of, you know, good quality. Again, you're at your health food store, you're eating your, you know, your high quality convenience stuff. That particular convenience food eaten over and over again would not make you very healthy. And so that's I think where we are with a mode of exercise. We all tend to love our mode of exercise. Do you have a favorite convenience bar? I love I like Core Foods bars. That was what well, I I've ate. never tried those. That's right. And, you know, I ate a lot of them when I was pregnant and doing lots of lactation and lots of work. I was pregnant and lactating for my first child, and I couldn't get enough calories, so it was convenient for me to reach for these bars. But it got to the point where I was like, really, I shouldn't, I should only eat one a day because I need Mm. to eat all these other foods because there was... What are they kind of made up of? This one was like a gluten-free oat, raisins and nuts, cinnamon. Those it only had four mm-hmm. ingredients. It had no fillers. It had just, you know, mashed up fruit and oats. They also had a protein one, but it didn't sit as well with me. So anyway, long story short, that was a what I would consider a high quality bar. But it alone would not be a good diet for me. It would not be a good like it didn't have any protein in it and I needed a lot of protein. So I just supplemented with Snickers. A steak a day. Oh, that's what I meant. A Snickers and <laughs> a steak a day, you know? So again, I'm pregnant. And so I walked to the beef shack and I bought a steak sandwich <laughs> every single day mm. of my first pregnancy. And my little boys was made out of steak and core bar. So I recognize really through trial and error, because there was probably a few days where it would have been easy for me to just eat a bar three times a day, you know, and drink a bunch of water. And I've done versions of that, like if I'm backpacking or whatever, Mm -hmm. where I will take convenience food. But I would get very foggy headed if I were to eat that many, you know, if I looked at the macronutrient profile, that macronutrient profile, that many carbohydrates without any protein, you know, yes, there was fiber in the oats, but I am a vegetable person for sure. Like I need heaps of actual vegetables. So even though it was good quality, it wasn't enough And it's not something that I can base my entire nutrient input into. And so with movement, we've got, you know, I'll call it junk food movement only because I called it that initially to get people to sit up and go, what? What are you talking about? And it's like, well, the thing that you're doing, making these parts better, not nourishing these other parts, but it could also be making these parts worse. And so there's a couple examples of that, which we'll give here in a little bit. But it's just that you have a convenience food diet, even if that convenience food is not like 7-Eleven convenience, not beer nuts and red vines and power bars. It's, you know, you're going out of your way to package convenience foods, but you can still have some nutritional deficits. Even though the thing that you are eating is of good quality, you run on having all of your little holes filled with regularity, all of the nutritional pins or I'm trying you know what I'm thinking of right now is I'm right, thinking of I'm sure. thinking of a battleship like all those holes it's like <laughs> G7 needs to be filled A2 needs to be filled and every single one of those holes is a different nutrient and my bar maybe filled up two lines of it but there was all the surrounding area that wasn't being filled and so I had to you know reestablish a better eating habit and that's all I'm asking people to do or or actually I'm not asking you to do it I'm just putting it out there that 
your health right now is very much related to all of the areas around your movement convenience bars or junk food movement that you are consuming because you're starving. There's all these other holes that need to be filled. And just like with eating, the convenience bars, the kind of slightly sugary stuff, the stuff that's fun, the stuff that makes us feel good is a lot easier to get. The whole food schlepping and making it, if you're not like a chef who loves that, takes a lot of work. It's not fun. It's exactly the same thing as eating. So, but once you get, once you are mechanically nourished, it's just, again, for me, the same way that I feel when I really take a lot of time to make all of the meals from scratch. And like, I just feel so satiated and my body responds and all my biorhythms kind of are grooving along. And so once I just, if you can experience being mechanically nourished and, you know, having ailments kind of fall away, I think that people would be more motivated. Right now, the mindset is all exercise is good. The thing that I do is fun and it's convenient and I like it. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of the same way. <laughs> that's food. You're wow, like, that's how we yeah. feel about food. Totally. Well, do you want to do those examples? Well, people, you know, they'll be like, how can I tell if what I do is junk? It's not super easy to tell if it was junk. So like junk food is highly processed. It contains aspects of it that are not found in nature, right? It's like synthesized food. It's it's things that people in the laboratory have to create in order for it to actually exist. So with movement... You're kind of like equipment. People like, if I, if I have to use equipment for it, well, equipment is synthesized. And so the movements that I'm doing that are being facilitated by that equipment could be said to be junk food or at least not natural food. But I think in the first blog post I ever wrote, junk food movement, I used a treadmill. So a treadmill would be an equivalent to, to junk food because it's certainly nutritious or has nutrients in the fact that you know, you've got parts that are moving, but there are parts of you that are moving in a particular way that only happen because there's this belt underneath you moving in a particular way so that your response to that wouldn't be something that would naturally occur. And then if you eat a lot of junk food, then you start adapting right to that input. Mm -hmm. And just as a note, if someone says, how can I take my treadmill and make it less junky? You can actually take your treadmill walking and make it less junky by going slow and putting it up to as high of an incline as possible. So there's a makeover right there. That's a mechanical nutrient makeover. So if you're like, all I have is this treadmill, it's like, fine. Then instead of just walking on it fast and flat or running on it fast and flat, you are going to walk up it slow, maybe like 2.7 to 3.1 miles an hour on the highest setting because that reversal kind of of natural mechanics is going to decrease as you change some of those variables. If that's the only walking you do, though, you can refer back to our walking. Did we do a show on walking? We did. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, if you're only walking uphill, then your nutritional deficit is going to be, well, where's the other downhill part, right? That there are muscles that work in a particular way to get you uphill and muscles that work in a particular way to get you downhill. And both of those would be represented on your giant battleship Bored, And now I feel like we have a lot of international listeners. So, <laughs> Sorry, Switzerland, if you're listening. Battleship is a game that we give small children to teach them. Small children? I have two sets, dude. 
Well, but I meant we give it to them. When did your kids start playing? I guess as soon as they knew their numbers and letters. Right, right. So, so it's a game that we start off playing with small children so that we all know how to go to battle at any time as adults. I love Battleship. It is awesome. I do not like electronic Battleship. I feel like no. there's no way to cheat, and cheating is part of the skill. Like, if no. you're going to play war, you have to know how to cheat is how I feel. I know, and you have to know how to make, you know, explosion noises with your mouth. Right, right. Yeah. Hashtag homeschool. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Well, couldn't a person just, I mean, to to really simplify it, and I guess, again, that you'd have to bring that more broad critical thinking, but just look at what your favorite mode is, like say, okay, uh, hula hoop, I like to hula hoop, yeah. and then just look at what isn't there. But that would be a good start, wouldn't it? It's just like, what isn't there, even if, it, if you're using equipment or or even walking? Yeah. Well, and, and, and so like with junk food, junk food is less about what isn't there. So it's not really junky. Like an apple is not junk food, but there are things that aren't there in an apple. And so, yes, you can look at your mode and see what isn't there. And that's part of establishing a good movement diet. But I don't know if it's super helpful in figuring out if something is junky or not, because you could say a not that an apple is not a sufficient, you know, maker yeah. of a full diet, but it doesn't make it junk food. So I think that with junk food, it's more about are there any loads here that are also harming me? That's okay. that's what it is with junk food. So like okay. with red vines, I could say like there is 900 calories in a box of red vines. So I could say that, wow, I've almost got all of my calories of the day. Plus, okay, so that's good. So you could look at, you know, the thing that you're doing for exercise. And if you're only looking at it in terms of like your heart rate being up or intensity, that's the same way as me evaluating my box of red vines for calories. But then I go, okay, but with this energy is this amount of blood sugar and all blood sugar behaves differently depending on like how fast it comes in, in the context it comes in, like if you're getting a bunch of sugar without anything else, because why would you need anything else if you have a box of red vines? That's like a thousand good calories right there. So then I'm going to have a crash later on. I My blood just became more syrupy because of the blood sugar content. So now the viscosity of my blood is greater, which means my heart has to work harder to move it through my body. And then I have the fact that my brain is not super stoked about that. So valves are opening and shutting. And then, you know, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not a biochemist, so I don't even know, but I'm just like going like, then you have these organ systems who have to deal with like all this other stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. So you have to look at with your food. So cycling is the easiest, it's the easiest movement for me to go, okay, you're getting this motion, but what also are you getting? Well, you're getting, you're getting constant pressure on spots on your pelvis, whether it's your pelvic floor or your tailbone or whatever. You're also actively flexing your spine all the way over. There's nothing wrong with that human movement, but practicing it as your health outlet might means that that health outlet is probably not the healthiest that it could be. And then you couple like, what about, you know, cervical extensions? Now you're like on a road bike and you're hunched forward and your head is out and your arms are around in and around. So your legs are moving but your arms themselves didn't articulate fully. So that would be what is not. But if you look at what is, well, what do I have? I have an hour and 15 minutes of compression in this particular area. The bones are adapting to all of these things. So like to me, that's more how you 
find junk. And you have to have more of a mechanical, I think, working to go, okay, what is there that shouldn't be there at such a high dosage? And so pushes and pulls, forces are essentially pushes and pulls. So if you can look at your movement and look at the pushes and pulls that are being created and then figure out which ones are unnatural inputs at a higher frequency, that that's probably the best way to discern junk, I guess, if you will. But then everything else is probably going to fit somewhere in, you know, health bar region. Like going dancing, you know, is dancing is a category. So like say you do, you know, a dance and every time you go to dance, the choreography is varied. Well, that's different than always going and doing exactly the same choreography. And that's different than taking a dance class like in high heels. So you want to look at what makes something nutritious is how it's affecting all of your body, head to toe. So if you're like, okay, well, this is great for my arms and my legs. It sucks for my ankles down, mm-hmm. which then goes around and affects my knees. Then you then you can have like a better sense of how that aligns with your current physical health. And you have to be really objective because some people are really good at going, I'm fine. And then like there's their medications. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you just need to be really... And move your DNA, there's this huge task of writing everything out. It needs to almost be like private in a journal, things that you don't even want to disclose to other people about how you're feeling and what hurts and the quality of different parts of your body. You know, you you just need to get real because then you can really truly look at your inputs and go, okay, it's really not working for me. I feel good about them, but feeling good about something isn't really the best indication like how you feel emotionally about something isn't the best indication of if something is good for you physiologically or not. That's true. So, you know, that's anyway, (sighs) so much. It is so much that leads us to a perfect time. (laughs) It's always the perfect time. It's always the perfect time. Is it beer 30? What? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't even drink beer. (laughs) I'm too much of a nerd. I don't even understand what that is. Did I miss out on something? I don't know. I thought like that's what the cool kids used to say. It's like, is it time to study? They're like, I don't know. It's beer 30. (laughs) Oh, man. I missed out on that one. I wasn't invited. I wasn't invited. I just hang out in the library. I'm making the square in the air right now with my fingers for me. (laughs) I'm making an L. An L on my head. You're awesome. You know what? Two L's together make a square. Or a rectangle. Or a bucket. Oh, I guess, yeah. It depends which way you put them. Right. There you go. Thinking outside the square again. (laughs) And a diamond. Okay, anyway. All right. Let's bring out the big news. You are no longer going to be the director of the Restorative Exercise Institute. No. Is this so? That is correct. What's the deal? The deal is there will be no more Restorative Exercise Institute. That everything is closing for restorative exercise and reopening as nutritious movement. So nutritious movement. We talked a little bit about it in the what's up show. (laughs) But yes, that nutritious movement, I think, is the best. Restorative exercise was confusing, I think. for those. I mean, you've been in the restorative exercise community for a long time. Uh, Capital R, capital E, like the brand restorative exercise Mm -hmm. and trying to go, well, we're trying to teach movement that are non-exercise, but we also still use exercise. You know, it was kind of confusing. So nutritious right. movement is, you know, the brand, all of the brands kind of aligned and well, and Katie says, and restorative exercise coming through to nutritious movement where, where everything that we've talked about today 
is all just now on this together laid out, I think, hopefully, clearly and well on this nutritious movement website. And there will be a very large book on nutritious movement as kind of like our textbook. And that won't be for another year and a half. But yeah, so that's that's what's going on. And by the time, when will this one come out? Will this be out in November? December. December. So mm. all of that will have just, I mean, I think we we release Nutritious Movement and all of the new, oh my gosh, there's so much, there's so much amazing stuff now. The website is just after doing this for 15 years, like exactly everything that everyone has ever asked me for there to be on there and it's organized well. And that'll well, that be- That must feel good. It does. It was a, a big, it still is, but- I, by the time they're listening to this, I will be on a beach somewhere on a vacation after having given birth to nutritiousmovement.com. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good because I think we spent so much time answering questions for people that now this website answers. Like you could sit and comb through and make out with and fall in love with this website because it will hold the answers, I think, to a lot of your questions. So mm. yeah, I'm happy about that. I can't wait. Well, you're going to be in hoobity doobity. Um, when it comes out, they have internet and hoobity doobity. But why would you go on there? Like, I, you just don't even need to go. You just because go. I want to see this. I haven't, I haven't, you know, people probably think I've seen it, but I haven't. I don't know what's going on. I want to see it. <sighs> well, then you'll have to go find some internet and hoobity doobity. Uh, I could do that. That's okay. You could doobity it. Hoobity doobity. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm actually not going to hoobity doobity. I'm going to a different part in the hoobity doobity land. That's great. I'm very excited. Yes, always good to explore new places. But I I'll, miss, I'll miss hoobity doobity. She'll I'll miss you. you. I'll, I'll miss you, you too. Mm-hmm. All right, we got time for a quick listener question. Can you do it? I can. Okay, this is from Joni, and she says, "This is great. I was wondering what alignment snacks you would recommend for pregnancy, especially for aching hips and lower back." And she notes that she's been walking and doing minimal shoes for some time now. Well. Joni is in luck because by the time this comes out, Joni could just go to nutritiousmovement.com and click on the pregnancy pack. <gasps> Joni, how awesome is that? Isn't that exciting? Go I hope Joni right is now. like, why don't they ever get back to me? And I was like, we got back to you on the internet. We made this website for you, Joni. <laughs> Actually, Joni, that's right. It is. I'm just going to throw <laughs> it together. Joni's pack. But yes, she can just go, I mean, it'll, it's, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And Joni can also click on the homepage. This was due to popular request. I'll say demand, because that's what actually was demand. Lots of capitals and exclamation points, but I'll say request. On the bottom of the homepage are just like 10 or 12 categories. Kids, pregnancy, footwear, living spaces. And when you click on that, organized for you are what we felt were the best 10 blog posts on that topic, three YouTube videos sorted and placed for you, and then three podcasts. Brilliant. I mean, it's just like there's the get started one. You're like, how did I end up here? I fell through a wormhole and now I'm at Nutritious Movement. It's like get started reading, click. Wow. There's your primer right there. And now you have a sense of like, okay, now I know more where I want to go. So exciting. The Congratulations. End. Yay. Thank you. The end. Sounds good. Or actually, I'm going to say the beginning and now I feel like I need to knock on wood or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say the end. <sighs> the beginning. The beginning of my vacation. I'm going to go on vacation too. You're going to go somewhere warm, sunny? Actually, probably by the time this comes out, I'll have already taken a week off because we just put diastasis to bed. I'm going to the Redwoods. Oh, 
We're taking our kids to the Redwoods to do some hiking out there. We'll go through Big Sur and through, I'm from Santa Cruz County. So go hike up in there for a few days. And then they have a steam train, a still running steam train. So we're going to, you know, go do the whoop whoop. That sounds pretty fun. Mm -hmm. It's a break. So everyone out there, take a break. Even if it's just a vacation in your hometown, just take a few days off. It's mostly a tech break. I take a tech break every year for a week and this will be that week oh that'll be good yeah cool all right do you want to take us out yes i'll take us out thanks um everyone who listened man i am very appreciative for everyone who listens to this show how about you me too yeah we have we have the best listeners yeah i love you guys it's It's high quality come up and say hi to us sometime i would love it if you're like if you see us out come up and say hi like that would be very cool yeah i'll be the one with the snickers bar For more information, books, online classes, etc., you can find me, Katie Bowman, at nutritiousmovement.com after December 1st. You can learn more about Danny Hemet, Movement Warrior, and I believe an employee of Snickers. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's just now coming out. You can find her at moveyourbodybetter.com. Woohoo. Thanks for listening. Have fun, you guys. Thanks. Bye. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. 